Hello, you're listening to the IoT Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the IoT Weekly Podcast. It's brought to you by Gearforge Software. My name is Cliff, and I'm joined by co-host and good friends, Matthew and Zino. Hey, guys. Howdy. Hi. Hi. How's it going, Cliff? Good, good. And, you're, and, and yourself, Matthew? I'm doing great. How about you, Zino? The AC is blowing, and I'm the happiest I've been in days. <laughs> <laughs> I All guess right. that it's warm there. Warm is an understatement, but let's just say that, yeah. <laughs> you're saying it's the backside of the sun? Oh yeah, no. I've I've had the um, unfortunate yet fortunate opportunity to work with some people downtown. So I don't have a car, so I have to take public transportation at noon because that's where all the meetings are. And me just walking for an hour straight in the sun is just so much walking, so much sun. It's yeah, I, I love I love what I do. With. <laughs> so do the, do the transportation have AC on them? Um. Well. <laughs> If you're lucky. <laughs> okay. Some trains do, some trains don't. Um, but I, I, I like a good walk because I like a good workout. It just so happens that I, I also like a challenge with that. So you put the sun right there. Nice. It works. <laughs> That's great. Great. Matthew, yeah. how about you? I've heard you're, you're dreaming code at this point. I am. I just, I close my eyes and I see JavaScript. <laughs> just everything is JavaScript right now. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You know, God. I, did, uh, I did do kind of a cool thing. So uh, for our listeners, if, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're listening to us through, uh, you know, a podcast app, this probably won't be very interesting to you, but we are in the process of getting our podcast set up on YouTube. And I wrote kind of a, a cool script um, to take the audio file and generate a video from it with a backdrop and some um, uh, waveforms for the audio and uh, apply some text overlay and stuff so that I can um, get away with transferring all those episodes without having to um, do that manually. Sure. And I think <laughs> we're gonna, I think we're going to start doing that here come August, right? If I'm That's in the right with you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so going forward, our goal is to have um, not only on, on iTunes and SoundCloud and all the other distributions, because uh, we're also on Spotify, but to also have it on YouTube. So those of you that just want to watch it on YouTube, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we're going to try it today, so. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be really, really fun to see. And, and if you have feedback, of course, we, we'd love to get feedback around if you enjoyed it or not. That makes us even more bingeable. That's right. Yes. Yeah. How about you, Cliff? What have you been up to? Uh, up to my neck in solenoids and inductive proximity sensors. So um, lots of uh, electrical circuits this week. Um, and then also, uh, I think we finally, I've been looking for a true use case for the Twilio API. Um, are you familiar with that, Matthew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so um, excited to, and, and I admit, I may not use Twilio. It might be a scenario where I end up using Amazon's simple notification service, so we will see. But uh, yeah. 
finally get to do like automated phone calling, which is something I've always been wanting to play with. Um, I'm just hoping I can find like different voices to use. <laughs> just have it all set up like with an Australian uh, accent or something like that, or British. See, no, that yeah, would be fun. You, know, you, you can always get the Google AI. Yes, yes. <laughs> Google AI, exactly. Um, Zainab, did we, uh, did we get any feedback this week? Well, I mean, we just hit the 1,100 mark. Nice. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. So that, that, that's very exciting for me. And, and you're saying on Twitter, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. We, so we did that on Twitter, and uh, we had a deal. If you remember a deal, everyone remembers a deal. Uh, he's been nice enough to kind of like do a little back and forth commenting with us, but otherwise we haven't had much um, feedback. But if you do, we'd still welcome that. So please yeah. shoot us a mes message at podcast at gearforgesoftware.com, or you can always find us on Twitter at gearforgeiot. And we promise our email works, and we'd love to say hi. <laughs> yes. Well, I do want to share with you guys. I had one of the most um, interesting phone calls. Uh, from a concerned citizen. Uh, I, I've never had a call like this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got a phone call out of Oregon. And we are, if you do an IoT search, um, typically, though, we will show up quite often. That's just, uh, we've, we've done some really good digital marketing and things like that on the website. And so he was looking for an IoT consultant to basically assist him with uh, his home um, has just went rogue as far as his appliances and everything else. It just went crazy. And I was like, what? So I, I, so I wasn't expecting that because that was like first thing, Monday morning, 7 a.m. And I was like, holy buckets, this guy is up early because it's in Oregon and we're in Central Standard Time, right? So that's like 5 a.m. for him already. And he's like just flooring through. I'm like, what are you? And so it took me a little bit just to realize what he was talking about. But all his appliances are brand new within the last year. Same thing with like his television and what he, it's, what he mentioned. And, and there's still things we don't know, um, but we gave, him, we gave him some recommendations. But it sounds like um, uh, he'd, he'd gotten some sort of virus uh, internal to the network because he was complaining about his router and things like that. And it took over. Like his appliances are all funky. His TV doesn't work right. His phone is all wild. He's got an iPhone. He is just struggling across the board. Everybody thinks he's crazy, Matthew. I believe it. Yeah. It's like his home is infested with ghosts and everyone just thinks he's super crazy. He had the electrician come out and he's like, this is an electrical thing. This is like a device thing. So now he's just He's just trying to figure out, like, a, a, who do I call? He wanted to call uh, his cable company. I was like, oh, they're probably not going to be able to help you. Um, so we gave him some path on, on who maybe to give a shout to. But it sounds like he, he got infected with a virus, and it's, it's went to all his devices in, in the house. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah, it, I, would love, I would love to get a sort of, uh, you know, debriefing on that after somebody takes a look and gets some, you know, some idea of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Just sounds one of the most wild cases, but this is just, I mean, this is where we, and, and I thought it was interesting because we just talked about the, that one um, attack last Friday, right? Yeah, the botnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the botnet. Yep, exactly. The Huawei routers were affected, right? That yep. one. Yep. Bingo. 
and I just thought that was so timely that on Monday morning I get a call uh, from a from a from an individual. Hey, my entire house has went crazy. I have ghosts. My yes, my smart appliances are. They've taken uh, over. Rebelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't control my appliances. I was thinking about the um, the IoT episode with all the funny devices, and I was thinking, oh, now his toaster just burnt his bread. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's like uh, problem. yeah, his milk has uh, gone bad now, right? Mm. I I cannot say that's fun every day of the week when you're trying to rush to work to have your milk go bad every day. Yeah, so he's he's struggling. It sounds like it's uh, quite the problem uh, internally at the house. So uh, not fun at all. Sounds like a very interesting phone call, though. It, yeah. it, it definitely, uh, I've got to mark this up as one of the most interesting I've had in, in quite some time. Um, and there's quite a bit of, of um, uh, colorful language on his side because he's so frustrated. So, <laughs> and I, I tried to empathize as best as we could and, and try to point him in a, in a direction to help him out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Zainab, any community news? So we have um, the Google Cloud Next 2018 conference in San Francisco going on right now. Oh, that uh, sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to guess it's going on right now. I can't tell the time difference. Um, but we have Engadget. They posted a video of if you haven't had gotten the chance to um, go there, uh, they posted a video of what's been happening lately and a summary and a video of Google Cloud Next 2018 under 12 minutes. So we put the link in the show notes for you to check it out. But if you manage to go, awesome. Please let us know how that went for you. Yeah, let me know. See, uh, do you know where they're holding it at? Um, not yet. Actually, I haven't looked it up. I know it's in San Francisco, but that's about it. What's the What's the conference? Is it the Marconi Center, Matthew? What is, um, I feel like I'm getting the name yeah. wrong. It's something like that. I know we we went to quite a few conferences at that one. Uh, isn't it Ma the Moscone Center? Moscone, yes. <laughs> I know. It started with an M. Macaroni like, Center? The Macaroni <laughs> Center, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to a few of those and like, oh. Um, but that, that place is just huge. I wonder if that's where it's at. If I it's would, huge, uh, then probably. Expect, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, it's time for a word from our show sponsor, Matthew. Who Who is it? Well, our show sponsor is GearForge Software. Go figure. Yeah, I know. Wow. Gear <laughs> GearForge Software is an IoT consultant that works with companies that are ready to make their company smart. If you're looking for a partner that will live, eat, and breathe your project, then look no further than GearForge Software. You can learn more at GearForgeSoftware.com. Awesome. And, and so I think you're going to kick off the news here, right, Matthew? Is it time for our main segment? It is time for some news. And I think Zainab actually is up first with a story about sharks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never met one, but I have a fascination with sharks. And it's Shark Week on Discovery Channel. <laughs> so oh, that's really? Very sure, sure, yeah. sure. And, I mean, you think Shark Week on Discovery Channel, yes, it's sharks, but it's also AT&T. Um, We've talked before about how they're involved with um, the healthcare sector. And so they're actually using Shark Week to promote their Dictum Health virtual um, exam room uh, 
like through the actual show. And so what's happening here is that they're using the uh, the, ver the VR um, on divers and on the staff in in the virtual exam room to make sure they're going everything's going well for them um, while they're diving and even before that. Uh, so here they mentioned that they're checking out uh, remotely. They're monitoring critical vital signs, their ECG, their pain levels to ensure their health and safety. Huh. What do they do during Shark Week? Yeah. You mean oh, what kind of programming um, is that? Yeah. Lots of sharks. <laughs> you, do you ever watch Shark Week, Zainab? I watched a little bit. Um, I, I, what I remember is all the earlier documentaries of sharks are rerun, and then they also have just a bunch of divers with a bunch of sharks talking a lot about sharks, and it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy interesting. It's something you definitely want to tune into if you like sharks like me. Huh. Okay, yeah. I, I Go ahead, Matthew. Yeah, I th well, I think this is an interesting article. Um, you know, it's interesting that it's coming from the Discovery Channel, I guess, but I would assume these same techniques would be useful in lots of industries. Yeah, right. actually, in this case, they, it's divers, but it seems like there would be lots of industries that have maybe um, would have a requirement to keep track of um, people's vital signs remotely. I'm kind of even thinking about professional football. Yeah, remember a few years ago, Cliff, there was a there was a football player who uh, died during um, the training camp, Vikings training camp, yep. from heat exhaustion or something, right? Yep. But it seems like in those football situations. or soccer. But it's American football. Oh, okay. The funny cone-shaped ball, not the right that not one. The round okay. one. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like Tony Sperano. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't remember. Or Corey Stringer. There was a few, I think. Yeah, but I, I remember. I, oh I remember no, so the no, Tony Sperano was their was their line coach. I think it was Corey Stringer is the one that died. He's Sorry. the one who passed away. Yep. Yeah, it was like heat exhaustion or something like that. But you'd think, you know, on a team like that, you know, this mm. guy's obviously in top physical condition, but also under a lot of strain that uh, assuming that the, the monitoring isn't too bulky, um, you'd think that would be super useful for a team. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's where the um, article is actually going at. I mean, it starts out with this uh, Discovery Channel, but it goes to explain how the, um, the VR is useful for connecting uh, patients and doctors, like whether be it on the field, in dangerous areas, or in remote areas, such as, you know, like just uh, places where you cannot get doctors to physically, you can connect them through the VR. And it cuts cost, it cuts the time that sometimes transportation might take, and it cuts the threat if someone is in a difficult uh, condition or is, is, is in danger, you cannot get to them in time, then it would just help a lot with that. That's really interesting. It's super interesting. It's also a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks that way. Well, this is super cool, especially it looks like they're getting quite a bit of publicity uh, leveraging Shark Week for this, too, from the sound of it. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, they've done a great job keeping their, their name in the news with, uh, with quite a few different uh, items popping here and up. Well, it does seem like this is something that um, I wouldn't necessarily think of like a, an entertainment um, company, I guess, being behind.
you know, you think more like the technology company, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting that it's Discovery Channel. The PR is strong with this one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You are funny, Zainab. So do we want to talk about Google? Yeah, I feel like we haven't talked about Google much. Are you well, sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, just compared to some of the other um, folks we've been chatting about, it, it seems like Google's sometimes uh, not always out there in the IoT space as much. Yeah, I, I sort of agree. It seems like they, they, they've sort of been um, maybe a little bit behind uh, in at least their marketing of, of IoT, um, their kind of IoT initiatives. They have been announcing some things. So recently, I don't know if you remember, it might have been at Google I.O., they announced, uh, what was it, Android Things, yep. which is their Android-based IoT um, platform. And uh, they, they've just announced at this Google Cloud uh, conference, they just announced... Uh, basically, they're they're calling the software they're calling it Cloud IoT Edge, hmm. and there's a dedicated um, uh, purpose-built chip to support it. But basically, it sounds like they're they're trying to um, push into this direction of machine learning and artificial intelligence on at the edge. So. Um, what the vice president of IoT at Google Cloud said was that they see there are emerging needs for edge computing, essentially running data analytics and intelligence services in locations where data is collected, or what we call the edge. Yeah. Important, uh, important as sometimes moving all data to the cloud from sensors can be very expensive. Yep. Um, and additionally, they kind of cite the need for trying to get the intelligence closer to where it's needed. So there might be cases where you need, even when you're offline, you need the intelligence or you need it to be, you can't wait 25 milliseconds for a round trip, right? Yeah. Um, you need something just right there. And so really um, trying to uh, to basically run, you know, run the, the ML algorithm on the edge, right? On the edge computing device itself, mm -hmm. which is super interesting. And uh, at least from their diagram, so I took a look at their their kind of marketing page, I guess, for Cloud IoT Edge. They, they actually sort of show the, um, the, the model, maybe the model gets, uh, gets constructed in the cloud, but then pushed to the edge device. And so it, it's actually gonna run locally there on that dedicated hardware. Um, which is kind of interesting. I think that's super interesting. I think this is, uh, I totally agree. I think this is where they've got to go with the edge processing, Matthew. Uh, especially if they've got a model that, that works. I, I, I can think of a couple right now and totally agree this is a, a solid use case. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely in interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see what their sort of cloud integration looks like, mm -hmm. um, as you would want to see this being sort of easy to integrate, right? Yeah. Uh, you'd want to be able to run workflows locally, but also probably it's it's incomplete locally, essentially. You probably also yep. want to push it to a cloud where you can get all the data aggregated, you know, do something more useful with it maybe. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all of that kind of shapes up. Uh, it looks like Cloud IoT Edge can run on Android Things, which we would expect, or Linux-based operating systems. So that's mm. uh, that is interesting. Uh, they have two runtime components: Edge IoT Core and Edge ML. Um, and they now have this hardware accelerator edge TPU. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that comes together. However, um, it's currently alpha. So very, oh, really? very early days here. I actually think it's interesting that they announced it this early. Huh. They clearly seem to want to get in on the marketing. You know, everybody's talking about IoT. Yep. Uh, and, and as I said, I feel like Google has... Um, maybe been criticized for being a little behind in that space. So my hunch is this is mostly marketing at this point. Uh, there is a request access for sort of the alpha here, um, but it's it's very early days. So sure. So we'll have to watch and see how this shapes up. Yeah, I'd like to see how this and see how we can get our hands. I mean, if they're going to have a dev kit or something like that, do they talk about possibly in like a a dev board you could play with or anything, Matthew? Because this is an well, actual chip, right, or not? Yeah, it's not available yet, though. Oh, okay. uh, so you can, from the from this, um, the website there, the marketing website, you can request access okay. to the uh, Cloud IoT Alpha, and you can learn more about the development board. So I'm not, I'm not sure how you get your hands on one, but my hunch is they want people to request access so they can start sending you marketing material. Uh, sure, so once it's ready. It's going to be a hardware offering yep. available too. So, yeah. Hmm. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on this. I'm you know, always interested. Google is um, really such a, such a technology leader in so many ways, and sometimes it feels like they're maybe running a little behind in some of these spaces. So it's interesting. Um, Kind of interesting to see what they're coming up with. Well, I'm I am really I'm really excited about this the, from the edge computing standpoint, Matthew. Especially, just like you mentioned, there's going to be many times um, that that decisions need to be made, and there's no connectivity, right? Yeah. Um, especially if there's something out in the field for for the next five to ten years from a lifecycle standpoint. Well, I want to bring up something else too because I think there's uh, there's an element of distributed computing here that maybe we're not maybe not fully thinking about, right? Um, that the, the old model is, you know, you've got a dumb sensor and it's gonna transmit all of its data to a cloud, right? Which is probably still valid. Um, but I wonder if there is something, you know, if that device, if you don't need every data point, if you can actually do more of the aggregation basically locally right yeah then how many how many cycles basically are you saving how much storage are you saving basically on the cloud side right by having maybe some of that the calculations run on these um, low-cost devices on the edge right mm -hmm. um and uh, i don't know i think there's something interesting there if especially if you could get uh you know a nice tight integration between the cloud and the edge uh, there might be some kind of unique use cases there. I think. Yeah, I right. think you're. I think you're entirely or right. Opportunities, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and and I'm saying I think so based off of actually 
client interactions. Uh, so that's where I'm coming from, Matthew. And I can think of a few already right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because a lot of them are like, nope, sorry, we don't even want the device to be connected. Yeah, sure. Like we right. can't have it connected because of security concerns. You can't have this connected. It needs to stay local. Mm -hmm. So if you could deploy the model and then just have some sort of internal verification as far as uh, the model and it's, it's I mean, it's the model's gonna have to be pretty daggone tight, but I mean, if you could have that squared away and you've got the model very solid, um, yeah, then I would say that would be a really slick way to do this, Matthew. Yeah, it's interesting because I think of um, I think of like AI and machine learning as being things that require a large amount of compute, but of course that's because you're usually talking about vast amounts of data, yeah, right, at which requires a lot of compute. But if you have just that device, that that device's sensor data, that's it. It doesn't require a lot of compute, right? No, it doesn't. Uh, so that's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder what the size of one of these um, ML packages is or modules, whatever they're calling them. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, just based off like what you're saying on how big that is. I would assume it wouldn't be very very large. No, I'd be curious. That's it sounds real exciting though. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I feel like our, our stuff to watch list is just keep growing. Yeah. yeah, and I think it I think it will never stop growing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Cliff, um what what do you want to chirp about this week? Ah, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yes, you're so funny. Well, it may be about my dock because all the daggone boards floated away. So I gotta figure something else out for the dock. But that's not what I want to chirp about. Um what I want to chirp about is actually a story coming from uh, Internet of Business. Uh, this is reported by Malik Mirson on July 26th. And the company Chirp, C-H-I-R-P dot I-O, is actually transporting, transmitting data as sound waves. Oh, I think I heard about this. Yeah. Um, so he, it's they're they're transmitting data using sound waves at both audible and ultrasonic frequencies. Uh, essentially, it looks like it's in a bandwidth that that is available for them to to leverage, right? Um, and then and and so I ended up skipping the article because it sounded really interesting. Because one of the things I was curious is like, I, I can easily see this as an opportunity because number one, there's many cases where you can't actually leverage RF in some uh, facilities, Matthew, just because it actually will interfere with processing equipment. Sure. I was at a mine um, not too long ago, and they, in some of their stuff, they can't have any RF around those items. Um, yeah. And yeah, so makes they, sense. They, they have to have all, and so they can't do anything. Um, so in this chirp scenario, it says that actually is, designed to be robust over different distances of several meters. So it's not like this is a long, because I was like, with, with sound, I wouldn't think you get long distances out of this, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're comparing it to, let's say, I don't know, an RF device where you'd have it in a room, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they're saying it's, it's several meters in noisy everyday environments. Um, so, and the interesting part to this though, is they're thinking it's like, 
you can you can broadcast the sound you can have one-to-one -one or one-to-many type transmissions so they're saying the nice thing with sound is you can have a soundproof room and be able to transmit data through the noise and not have to worry about it leaving the room yeah i actually saw a demo of something like this except it wasn't it wasn't iot it was uh it was actually a web-based tool huh. and basically it was kind of crazy but it let it allowed you to like imagine two computers, um, both with microphones, obviously, and you're on a web page, and the web page, like, um, plays this sound. Yeah. Sounds kind of like an old-fashioned modem, almost. Maybe not. Oh, sure. But kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, through the speaker, and the second, you know, computer with the microphone, basically the web page then downloads that as a file. Sure. So all, all done through whatever the, the open, you know, web specification for audio is, right? Mm -hmm. But so that that file was actually transferred via audio, not network, <laughs> from huh. computer to computer, is which is kind of crazy, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and the article goes on to say, hey, compared to Wi-Fi, data over sound has a slower transmission rate. Um, but the same thing is, is, let's say you're trying to leverage Bluetooth, right? Um, the pairing process can be a nightmare, right? In many cases, I have problems where my devices fail, they lose each other. Um, and I've known of a few different devices where it actually leverages Bluetooth, uh, kind of that BLE, so um, uh, Bluetooth low energy type scenario. But they still have to pair up and you still have to have an app for that type of thing. And in most cases, your phone and everything else already has a speaker, right? So it could just be sitting there in the background listening for this encrypted signal and, and be able to leverage it from that way in a more passive standpoint. So I'm just curious. The, the, the curiosity I have is I'm curious, A, um, I mean, wh what is several meters and what type of, I mean, what does that yeah. mean, right? Um, and the other piece I'm curious about is uh, with regards to transmitting that over, let's say, a speaker, if you've got something or a small yeah. device, what's the power consumption of something like that, right? Sure. Because the, the, the longer the distance, the more power it's going to take. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there, I would assume there would be, like, data loss, right, in a format like that. However, I mean, they must, there must be a checksum process or something on the other end to make sure that everything was transferred correctly, right? Yeah, I lo I'm looking at, again, I'm looking at their Chirp Connect overview on their developer area. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a lot in here, Matthew, as far as that. No, I'm I mean, on the webpage, too. Yeah, they've got, it looks like it's a, 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 the SDK is right here. So you just need a, to sign up for credentials. I don't even know if there's a cause. I don't see anything. Have they got a Python SDK, Cliff? I actually went to Python like, first. <laughs> like the rest of the world. Yeah, Everybody yeah. I was Python. doing a, so I was telling Matthew earlier this week, I was doing a, I had an electrical problem I needed to solve and ended up writing a Python script to help me figure out the best resistances. And it was the coolest thing and the simplest thing compared to like trying to fire up a, a Java or a, a C sharp where you got to go through all the, the, the stuff to get it to work, right? So like five minutes later, you got your script running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think it's funny everywhere. Everybody well, has Well, and they're, the reason they're pushing the Python 3 is for your Raspberry Pi. That's what they're really yeah. targeting in the SDK here. 
Yeah, so it's, it's in a, an external USB microphone would, would have to be used when hooking it up to the Raspberry Pi. So Zainab, remember the, I wonder if we could get this to work with your um, tone or your musical thing that we built. Ooh, yeah, that would be very interesting to try out. Mm -hmm. And have a, have a couple different devices here in the office talking to each other. <laughs> so yeah, really interesting. I think it's kind of the, the initial stages for this, but um, one of the other applications that was talking about is power plants and things like that, Matthew, where in many cases, the information needs to stay there and they're not allowed to use RF. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. It's, uh, it's actually really yeah. interesting. I, I think this would be fun to play with. I think so add too. Add it to the list. I will add this to our list. It just grew again. <laughs> so, yep, uh, super interesting, super fun. Uh, I will try to reach out to these guys and see if we can't maybe get a, a podcast. Uh, I think this would be a oh. really fun podcast. That would be a great interview. So yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can't reach out. Fantastic. Well, guys, that wraps up the news for this week. So ready? Uh, if yeah, I know yeah. It, it went fast. Yeah. And uh, folks, if you have any feedback for us, shoot us a message at podcast at gearforgesoftware.com or you can find us on Twitter at gearforgeiot. We would love to hear from you. Send us uh, your questions, your comments, your concerns. Uh, if you have episode ideas, um, recipes, still looking for a soup recipe from somebody. Yeah, rogue appliances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, your uh, rogue appliances, exactly. Your rogue toaster. <laughs> yes, we want to hear from that. Yeah, we want to hear about that. All right, well, um, do you guys have anything fun planned for the weekend? Cliff, how about you? Um, I'm going to test out that doc thing, and I am going to a concert tonight. Def Leppard and Journey are here in town. Um, wow. So uh, the wife and I are heading out, and, and it's our anniversary on the 30th, so we're kind of going to make this kind of an anniversary type scenario. Uh, nice. It's like you're going back in time. I know. You're, take, you're taking uh, the DeLorean, and you're going back. It's going to be like the so much fun. I'm going to sing along to all the songs. I will be off key and probably one of the worst people to be standing next to. <laughs> it's Excellent. too loud for anyone to notice. Yes, that's what I'm hoping Usually. for. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Zainab, how about you? It's going to be an exciting week. I hope. Uh, we have a road trip tomorrow. Uh, probably going to, despite the fact that I live 10 minutes away from the beach, probably going to drive for an hour and a half to go to another beach. <laughs> um, and I might have Tatooine coming up this week as well. Ooh, now what does that mean? Uh, so we, we have a, the equivalent of a TED Talk happening all the way in the south, so like a nine-hour drive away in Tatooine on the Star Wars set. Wow. And, I, I, I got, yeah, I got almost shouted at for not saying that I live near that place before. So yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I think I might have been one of the people yelling at you. That was a big deal. Yeah. Apparently it's what? a big deal. So, uh, if we do end up going, I'll just bring some bags of sand from Tatooine and sell those or something. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. That'd be a great giveaway on the podcast. Just yeah. Tatooine how do, sand. How do we verify that it's Tatooine sand, though? You're just going to have to trust me. I said it on the internet, so I must be right. <laughs> <laughs> it was on YouTube. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Well, what about you, Matthew? What do you got? Well... I, I have more JavaScript this week. 
we're working on a big project and we've kind of crunch time is a deadline on Monday. Yep. So, uh, so I'm probably more curly braces, like, you know, floating behind my eyes. (laughs) Oh gosh. I feel fun. Have fun, Matthew. Yes. Thank you. I'll think about you on the river. Excellent. Yes, yes, exactly right. Going back in time to classic rock show. <laughs> Free of charge. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for next week's show. Until then, so long and be well. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.